So I think how to live slow in your life isn't slow is something I'm always, always thinking through and trying to find the solution to (laughs) saying no to literally everything else is kind of what I have to do at this point. You have to just pare down to the bare essentials and the things that actually bring you joy and feel your purpose. I think you have to be very intentional with where you spend your time and then how you structure your days. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we are your hosts, Emma and Mary Kingsley, the mother-daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now, the farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. Welcome everyone to The Good Dirt. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you found us. If you're coming back, thank you for returning. We're so happy that you're back. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it. And leave a review because even if you've already shared all of your favorite episodes with all of your friends, there are plenty of people on the internet looking for great podcasts who might not even know about The Good Dirt or know that it's a good show to listen to if there's not your review telling them that you love it. So <laughs> we appreciate it. And we really do need reviews and shares and the love to help grow this little show all through the good dirt. And we appreciate it so much. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing and reviewing. Anyways, moving on to today's episode. <laughs> Mom, would you like to help introduce today's topic? Oh, absolutely. I have a story to tell that really ties into today's topic. Okay. So recently my phone rang and I did not recognize the number and where I normally might have not picked it up. Something told me to pick it up. I said, hello. And it was my friend, Barbara, that I have not spoken to in many, many years. I don't remember if it's 10 years, 15 years, 20, I don't remember, but she's a good friend from college. Barbara had gone back to school as an adult. She was in her 30s when she was in college and she and I got to be really good friends. She was a mom and she was an artist and she was just great fun. And I just love Barbara, still love her. So we were roommates when we went on this trip to France with a class and we were there for several weeks. Anyway, She said, I have something sad to tell you. And I'm like, oh no. But she said, but it's not sad like anything happened to a person. She said, do you remember that mug you bought me in Paris? And this would have been in 1978, (laughs) y'all. I said, no. (laughs) She said, you bought me a mug while we were in Paris because you wanted your own mug to take from the college cafeteria to your dorm room. And you bought me one too. Oh, 
And she said, I've been using it ever since. And this morning, I noticed it leaking and it has a crack in it. And she said, I just thought of you and I just wanted to reach out to you and share this with you and tell you that I have loved and adored and used this mug all these years. And it always makes me think of you. And so that's why I'm calling. And so it is sad, but it's also just a testament to our enduring friendship, even though we haven't talked in such a long time. So of course, this was the opportunity for us to have a big old catch up and it was just great. And I'm telling this story as a lead into this episode because today we're talking to Olivia Youngs who owns a coffee shop, but it's a very special coffee shop. It's a coffee shop with no paper cups. They really seek to practice sustainability as much as possible in their small business. And we're going to talk to her all about that today. And I just thought that was a great way to segue into the episode. That is such a fun story, Mom. I really love it. And I really love that, especially in the context of talking about this episode and reusable coffee cups, how that story literally wouldn't exist without this coffee cup and your desire to have a reliable and reusable coffee cup. And think about how many times you go get coffee with someone it's a single use experience, usually. Yes. Something that you get and you throw away. So. And I want to say that back in 78, especially in Paris, in France, this was before, I think, even the concept of a go cup. Oh, yeah. It's hard to find to go coffee in Paris in general. Yeah. Probably it's easier now, but yeah, that's not really even a thing. I don't know exactly when it started, but compare that to now. It's pretty indicative of the the growth of disposable things, you know, take out food, take out beverages and all those single-use things. So, um, Which is so interesting why this concept of no paper cups that we're going to talk about in this episode seems so groundbreaking. It seems so impossible. Yeah. Like so many things that only very recently have become the norm. So it's just so funny to me how quickly things change, how quickly we get used to something and how little time it takes for something to seem like, was there any other way to do it? And so with this example of these disposable coffee cups and then having this alternative of reusable coffee cups, it's like we're so close to the other side of saying, is there any other way to do it? And I think with so many things that we talk about on this podcast, which is really both mind-boggling and also inspiring and, and hopeful to me. So... Yeah, it's a relatively recent thing. I mean, this is in my lifetime, and I was an adult when this story happened. A yeah. young adult, but this is not like, you know, your great-great-grandmother yeah. <laughs> would have used a reusable coffee mug. No, yeah. <laughs> this is me and my friend, and she used it for 40 years. That's so, so cool. Wow, y'all. It's just one of these things that so many of us touch every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, of single-use waste that is so simple to shift. And it's it seems so basic and, you know, it's not groundbreaking um, or it shouldn't be groundbreaking, but it kind of is because it's such an ingrained part of our culture, this takeaway coffee cup. So we loved talking to Olivia and we hash all of this out with her in this conversation. She is not only the owner of a paper cup free coffee shop, but she's also a mom to three young girls. She's a writer and a blogger and 
of course, a small business owner. Olivia truly embraces the spirit of slow living in all that she does. And so we were so excited to talk to her. So stick around to hear how she pursues sustainability in her life and business, but truly in a real way, which we think is the best of ways, which is why we've had her join us on The Good Dirt today to talk about all of these things. So here's Olivia Youngs from Simple Coffee Co. Enjoy. I'm Olivia Youngs. Um, I live in Colorado currently. Um, I own two coffee shops that are my kind of taking over my life right now. And my biggest focus, we live in Colorado. So um, both the shops are in a very touristy little ski town area in Colorado. Um, I'm a mom of three girls probably should lead with that. The kids are <laughs> the priority over the coffee shops. Um, but I spend most of my days at um, our newest location doing the barista thing. And we have a good little team built up. No, it's shop. not just That's a me. coffee shop. There's something really special okay. about it. <laughs> the kind of cool thing about our coffee shop is that we don't use paper plastic cups. We haven't since we opened... Um, in 2019, it was a kind of a hard decision to make out the gate, but I'm really glad that we just led with that as like our brand identity rather than switching later on. We use glass jars um, instead of paper plastic cups that our customers can reuse or bring back um, for a dollar off. They do. It's kind of like you pay a little deposit up front, and then if you're able to bring it back, you get that dollar back over and over and over and over. Um, obviously, people can bring their own cups or mugs or buckets or whatever they want <laughs> to put their coffee in. Um, but yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's literally, <laughs> it's kind of set us apart um, and has enabled us to kind of grow a following and um, do something different than the rest of the coffee shops up here. Our area isn't really known for like amazing specialty coffee, so it's been fun to kind of pave the way a little bit and the coffee world up here. Um, and Colorado is a great place to do it. Obviously we have a lot of like transplants from Portland and other areas and they're excited about sustainability and yeah. So that's, that's that one, awesome. one thing, the big thing that we do. Yeah. <laughs> and how, I mean, you just sort of explained it as if it's like, this is what we do and it just yeah. works. But, um, I think we are really interested and our listeners would be really interested in like, yeah. Like, how does it work? Are you like, yeah. obviously, you opened a second yeah. location and it, no one, you know, the world didn't end. Explode. Uh, it felt, it <laughs> yeah. felt like it was going to a couple times. Um, and how did you get there? And what in your background or your story mm-hmm. led you to that decision that that seemed the right thing to do? Do you call it zero waste or do you, do you distinguish it in any way? I mean, it's obviously, you know, you've got some waste in there. You run a, you run a shop, but yeah. Um, how do you present that? Or do sure. you? Do you just, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> that's I've a loaded seen the question. recent TikTok. We, I was going to say, don't bring this up because I'm salty. <laughs> um, recently, I post about it on TikTok sometimes and social media, and people like went after me for saying that it was a zero waste coffee shop or saying, I don't even remember. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I posted a video just like 
using a trending sound and roll. I was rolling a jar with a little napkin that we use for some of them um, for like drip coffee and hot tea. We'll serve it with a napkin so that people aren't burning their hands off. Um, and they were like, so are you really zero waste or not? Um, and blah, but we can get into that whole thing. But to answer your question, we have like signs at both of our shops that say we're proudly paper cup free, which is another thing people were super confused about that <laughs> mm-hmm. wording, um, which in my mind, that makes sense. Um, or we're a proudly a paper cup free cafe. Um, and then it explains like the system of we have these jars instead and they're just like on a little shelf um, so people can see them. Usually I just lead with it while I'm making their drink. I think all my baristas kind of have a different little spiel that they've kind of developed (laughs) over the years of working with customers. But I just, as I'm making their drink, I'm like, oh yeah, and your drink's going to come in this. You're welcome to reuse it with us for a dollar off if you get a chance to, or you can leave it on the porch or you can take it home and use it. Um, I try to encourage people to bring it back because it really is helpful for us when we get them back. Um, And then as far as like the back story of it all I it's really random my (laughs) I guess my first job ever in high school was as a barista at oddly enough like kind of one of our competitors up here now um because I we moved back to my hometown um so I run the competitive coffee shop now but um yeah I really fell in love with coffee shops and coffee culture and just the the way they connect communities and are just kind of like a safe meeting point for people. And I think from a really, really young age, I was like, I could create a space, like a safe space for people that people could have these like mundane or life altering or whatever conversations, like bring your date to a coffee shop or, you know, bring, have conversations with random strangers are just all these special moments that coffee shops kind of mm-hmm. house um, was really, really sweet to me um, from the get-go. And then worked in a lot of other coffee shops over the years, um, had some babies. Um, at that point, when I had my first, I was in my, I was in college when I had her and was majoring in English because I really didn't know what I wanted to do with as most sophomores in college do. Like you have no idea what you want to do with your life, but you have to pick a major and like run with it. And so Mm -hmm. I was majoring in English because I liked writing. Um, And then after I had her kind of hit a a roadblock with like, what am I doing? I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And so I started a blog because I knew that I wanted to write and I loved writing. And um, I was really drawn to the whole minimalism movement, which I think was kind of, kind of like in its peak at that point or was just starting. I don't really remember the timeline of all of it. Yeah, like early teens-ish, 20 teens. It was 2013, yeah, when. Yeah when that would have happened or 2012. Um, yeah. Um, so I, (laughs) I'm kind of like a go all in person apparently. And so I literally was like, threw away all your things. Capsule wardrobing. (laughs) Yeah. Literally like I own 30 pieces of clothes now, like purging everything. I think I just really, I was a super young mom. I just needed something to like clear away all the clutter metaphorically and physically and just Mm -hmm. like say this is 
who I am now, like helping me sort through all these things as a new mom. Um, and so found a really pretty quickly a community online um, on Instagram and Facebook, primarily about minimalism, which obviously was really tied into ethics and sustainability. And then the slow fashion movement was kind of growing um, at that same time. And I think those two worlds really collided online pretty quickly, the minimalism and the slow fashion world. Mm -hmm. And so I also jumped in (laughs) head first to slow fashion was like, I quit fast fashion. I will never shop at Target again. And like, literally publicly proclaimed this from the rooftop and was like doing all these, all this research about, oh, you know, the Rana Plaza collapse and all these things were like happening at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And got really, yeah, really in into there. it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Rana Plaza was 2013, right? Or 2014? I, oh, One of those. It was, I can't, re- I should know the year, but it was the same time that a lot of us were getting started. And then that just really fueled the fire for like, and obvious as it should have of like, oh my gosh, all these horrible working conditions and unsafe factories. And it's not just in that one place. And I think the biggest thing about that collapse was it was like specifically tied to all these brands that people knew about. Yeah. Very publicly. Um, And so, yeah, that was a big, big thing. I just, I just looked it up. Oh, (laughs) it was 2013. The Rana Plaza collapse was in April 2013. Yep, the, the so year. that that was was the an event that yeah. got a lot of people's attention. That really, I mean, that's put a what lot of started Fashion Revolution. That organization, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So continue your story. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that I mean, the, I was like a full time blogger, writer, freelance writer for other brands, and then I wrote for myself and worked with. Um, slow fashion brands like yours um, and stuff for a couple years, several years, like probably five or six years. I don't know how long I did that, like as a job. Um, and then we moved back to Colorado with the intention of opening a coffee shop. My parents lived here and that having the coffee shop was just kind of like always in the back of my mind, like I really want to do this. I have no idea a how to do it or where to do it or like literally what even step do you take to do it (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we moved to Colorado and tried to open several different spots that just fizzled out never never came to be I did that in in Nebraska too and we were living there but luckily by that time I had already written like a pretty extensive business plan and had like been really slowly just trying to prepare myself, which paid off in my favor because when the time came and there was like a spot that we found, I was able to pull the trigger pretty quickly and like find Mm. funding and all that. Um, But as for the jars specifically, um, my friend Sarah, who um, you probably know her, um, she owned a a fashion company called MB. Um, she was like one of my first connections and friends in the slow fashion world. Um, she was actually the literal first person to ever like gift me a piece of clothing to share about, which is so funny. Like it just came full circle. The company MB, it's I-M-B-Y, um, stands for in my backyard. Um, doesn't exist anymore, but she does have like a, it's a community now, like a Geneva community, I think is the platform it's on, but 
Um, Sounds just, familiar. Yeah, <laughs> really, really cool. I'm sure you guys have connected at some point. Um, but she's has just tons of entrepreneurial experience and her connection in the sustainability world. And she was, I think she even was just like, so what are you going to do about paper cups? And I was like, oh, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> like it literally, I had never seen anybody do anything differently. And she was like, Hey, there's this com- this coffee shop in LA called uh, bar nine that um, is doing this thing. They don't use paper plastic cups. They've been doing it for like a decade, I think already at that wow. point. Um, and I contacted them eventually and they were like, yeah, a bunch of other coffee shops are doing it too. You should do it. It's great. And um, I felt like I couldn't justify giving every single customer that walked into my shop a piece of trash that is not going to get recycled, mm-hmm. nor can it be easily recycled um, or composted, especially in the area that we're in. Like we just don't have access to great recycling. Um, we would have to drive like to Denver, which is two hours away. Um, so I was, people are not going to do that. So it kind of felt like the only only um, responsible choice to go that route and just say, we don't carry paper plastic cups. Wow. Um, We started with a super tiny, tiny, tiny coffee shop. Like, oh my gosh, it was like, I don't even know. It was just like a little hole in the wall in this 100-year-old building in the most random town in Colorado, just like on paper, definitely, probably wouldn't work (laughs) just because of how random the spot was. There's nothing else in that town. Like it was, it was just like kind of a crazy idea, but I just wanted to have a coffee shop. We were open like Thursday through Saturday or Thursday through Sunday, I think for the first year, because we're in a pretty tourist area that gets really busy on the weekends. And then I had the weekdays off with my kids and it was just like a hobby thing for the first year. And then we were approached to expand into this already existing coffee shop, which weirdly enough was a drive-through, um, oh. which is now our current oldest location. The first one that I opened no longer exists, sadly, because the building sold out from under us. So we had to leave that one. But um, yeah, so our new, or sorry, our oldest location is a drive-through and then our second one that we just opened last January is a full like walk-in sit-down cafe. So, so it's a drive-through glass yeah. jar situation. Yeah. Which yeah. I was going to ask. Yeah, it's because nuts. my mom, that's so funny. <clears throat> I wish I had video footage of it, but I don't. Well, I'll get it next time. <laughs> but my mom will literally, I'm outing her because we do like <laughs> McDonald's iced tea, which she might not yeah. like to share publicly, but we'll, okay. <laughs> we just need our McDonald's iced tea. It's okay. Um, and she, but she refuses to use paper plastic the, cups. Yeah, and yeah. so she brings her mason jar and I mean like the big one because you the, know, oh. you got to stock up. <laughs> the like gallon. And one. hands gallon. it to them yeah, through the gallon. window <laughs> and they're like, okay, and they'll do it. <laughs> I'm amazed but that they'll do that's it. quite precarious because yeah. you know it's like glass through a if car it window drops or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm fascinated that you—that's like <sighs> your whole thing. Yeah, it was not the plan necessarily wow. <laughs> because we like I never would have envisioned 
having the drive through spot at the time when I was opening and right. um, well you're like I, I'm doing this eco coffee shop it's yeah like you wouldn't be like and the drive and it's all to go like you can't even get a drink for here like we don't even have indoor seating at that location oh wow. um, okay what do you do about tops we have I wish I had one usually I just, they're just like all over my house but <laughs> <laughs> they have a little uh, metal lid so it closes all the way which is amazing like um like the lid of a jar spill it yeah it's just like a jar lid not the threaded like mason mason jar lids they just are kind of like on tiktok everybody was like is that a gravy jar (laughs) like there was this Uh. whole debate about that i was using gravy (laughs) jars that was a separate controversy (laughs) that i caused apparently but whatever works (laughs) yeah i guess but we just get them wholesale it can be a gravy jar if you put gravy in it want it to be for your gravy Put your gravy in it. Um, but yeah, they, it's like a like a jelly jar lid kind of. So it it uh, not locks into place, but it closes securely. Can you sip out of it? Not the lid. Or, like you have no. to take okay, it off. Okay, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's the only, that's the biggest thing. Sometimes people complain about is that it's hard to drink out of while you're driving. But I'm like, well, I don't know. You have a you water know. bottle. Like you drink yeah. out of things all the time. We do it like sometimes we'll... We actually don't have straws. I need to get some like paper straws just to hand people, but we don't have those usually. But that's the one other thing that people wish that we had. Um, and our newest shop, it works a lot better. And I mean, it works well at the the drive through too. I don't want to discredit. Like, it's kind of cool. I think we're the only drive through in existence that I know yeah, of that is doing amazing. that as a coffee shop. Um, but in an ideal world, you would have like the ability for customers to choose to stay and dine in rather than having the only option to to take out. Um, so we get a lot of customers that just want to hang out and have coffee dates. And mm-hmm. like I was talking about before, so we don't go through quite as many jars at that location, which is kind of nice. Sweet. Yeah. So um, I like the idea of kind of integrating some minimalist, slow living principles in with something that's just such a part of our culture, which yeah. is like driving up to get your coffee and zooming off. And it sort of um, helps people understand that you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to like go crazy right. and you don't have to, you don't have to like just um, suddenly reject everything that has to do with. <laughs> like I tried you know, to do. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't so work. I think, a, I think a lot of people go that way and then they end up sort of easing back. And yeah. we've oh, yeah. talked to several people and said, this is the way it used to be, but now, you know, come on. Um, but Emma, I want to qualify. I want to qualify about the McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I did to used to do that because like, I just love iced tea and, and in the summertime you'd be out doing stuff and I just could not bear the giant styrofoam cup and right. plastic lid and the plastic. I just oh, yeah, couldn't do it. At, cer- at some point, the McDonald's cups are, they literally, like, if you get the big ones, it's styrofoam, which it's is literally, yeah, which is yeah. the Even worst. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say, though, that as I've progressed in my journey, mm-hmm. I don't do that much anymore because I, it, it's, I started realizing the flavor wasn't that great. <laughs> and the tea I make myself mm. is so much better. And um, I make a lot of different teas in the summer. So now, you know, I've, I've just evolved just a little bit yeah. to where if I'm going out, I will prepare my own big old honking jar of yep. tea and take it to me. <laughs> Rather that is than true. It. <laughs> yeah. But you have to start somewhere right. and handing the glass jar 
through the drive-in thing. Yeah. They're like, who is this lady? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. We get, <laughs> what is that thing? <laughs> get some weird looks too. But I mean, by and large, I would say the reception has been really great. Most people are stoked about it. Like it's, it's not like a point of contention or that's not going to ruin their vacation or we have yeah. had a few people <laughs> just like drive away or be super mad that we don't have paper cups and get lots of like oh. rude, pretentious tourists sometimes that just like want things to go exactly how they want it to go. So those are not <laughs> our people. We let them move on kindly. <laughs> and that's yeah, so, so it's funny. Just Why would it, yeah. anybody care that much about people it? People I don't do. understand. Yeah. Okay, so the first coffee shop opened in 2019, mm-hmm. and and your first customers walk in, and you say, "No, no paper, no plastic." Was that is that accurate? No plastic as well. No plastic. Yep. No, no other cups no paper besides cups. the jars. Yeah. No disposable cups. I guess would be an easy way to say it. Um, so, what was the initial reaction to that? Like, oh, that's great. I'm so impressed. Or, well, like, really? That's annoying. I mean, what, what was probably the first? both? <laughs> I think I yeah talked about it a lot on our social media. So I think, I think, um, a lot of our like local customers were already kind of prepared. Mm. I'm sure like nobody told me anything, but I'm sure they were like rolling their eyes or like, what is Olivia doing? Like, this isn't going to (laughs) work. Like just, we're going to go along, go with their cute little coffee shop idea. And yeah, even, I think even people who invested in it, uh, originally were like probably rolling their eyes about that part. I had to convince my parents like that it was a good idea. Um, oh, wow. So, which... So they were humoring you. Yeah, that's how oh, it felt. Olivia and her cute little like, shop sure, with her cute honey. little thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it still feels sometimes. Like, <laughs> like people are just like, okay, whatever. You just do what you want to do. Yeah. Well... Olivia, you know, the, the saying is uh, the prophet is never, what's the word? The prophet is never heard in their own land. Is that the, it's something <laughs> like that. So, you know, when meaning, yeah. the meaning of it, if, if I don't get the exact words, I can get the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a new voice, if you're trying something new and you, you you're even amongst your own people, right. or maybe mostly amongst your own people, they can't hear they're, you. They're not going to get it there, at first. It's, yeah, it's not going to make sense. Yeah. And then how many years are we down the road from? That first um, and one. I hope we can only um, cross our fingers that someday it'll be illegal. Yeah, and a lot of pe- places are banning disposable cups and stuff, which yeah. is awesome. Yes. So see, you were profit. Yes. <laughs> it's like all, a- I'll take full ownership. No, I cannot. <laughs> um, it's been, and it's really cool because it's been this like growing movement that we just like hopped into without knowing. And there's shops all over the country that do it, honestly, like in the Midwest, I know of a lot and in California, obviously, and slowly growing throughout like the South. And so we'll see who the next one is like it's it's really cool to just watch shops jump on the bandwagon and kind of proving that it's possible to not use the norm and break the tradition a so little bit great. which is really cool and not i mean i want to always preface <laughs> that we do make waste like we make way more waste than i wish that we did and we're throwing things away all the time but this the it's one area that we can control and one thing that makes a pretty significant difference. Um, So yeah, yeah, we do make waste, but. 
Let me tell you about what it's like to drift to sleep on a 100% natural wool pillow sourced from regenerative farms wrapped in a lovingly handmade organic cotton pillowcase. Oh wait, I can't. I think it's just something you're going to have to try for yourself. Holy Lamb Organics is proud to carry on a centuries-old tradition of making beautiful textile products by hand. Combining heritage methods with pristine natural and organic materials and sustainable business practices, they bring a dedication to healthy living and the environment. Everything Holy Lamb does reflects their devotion to the planet and its inhabitants. From their supply chain to their manufacturing processes to their facilities management, nothing happens without considering the environmental impact. Most importantly, they're also dedicated to fair labor practices, secure working conditions, diversity, and inclusion. From the farm to the mill to their partner manufacturers, everyone shares the same high ideals of a safe, respectful workplace and environmentally conscious methods. Making good products enables them to do good work. Every time we order something from Holy Lamb Organics, we're proud to support a small town made in America company. You can find Holy Lamb Organics in the Lady Farmer Marketplace. For additional marketplace discounts, you can join the Almanac, our member-supported community platform. Find Holy Lamb Organics products including pillows, sheets, natural wool comforters, and more in the bedding section of the Lady Farmer Marketplace at www.ladyfarmer.com. I just want to point out what I, what I perceive to be the absolute insanity of the single-use cuts and tops and all this stuff right. being being the norm to the point that people are shocked and have to get their oh, head gosh, around yeah. not having that. That is insane. And it's not even yeah. that like crazy, like milkmen, you know, used yeah. to the milk reuse thing. A lot of people have compared it to that. That used to be the norm and everything, even soda yes. and stuff came in glass bottles and so I we're just so conditioned to our it's such a cultural cultural thing because even in even in 2016 2017 or maybe like slightly before that 2015 when I was living in France you could barely find coffee to go like there's just no or anything to go like to go to go why would you bring your food and drink to go yeah (laughs) like that's like they're like where are you going yeah where are you (laughs) (laughs) um why can't you stick around yeah for five minutes and drink your espresso like in italy yeah it's the same i've had so many people tell me that too and just comment out of confusion like why are you even having a alternative like it's that big of a deal and just people being confused Confused. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it swung so rapidly. Yeah. Um, in a short and, time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember how much to-go coffee there was before Starbucks. But right. I do remember when we encountered our first Starbucks. It was probably, it was very early 90s. Um, we were in Southern California and we were strolling along the streets, I think in like Encinitas, I yep. think what was what it was. And what is that? Oh, Starbucks. You know, let's go in there. And um, it was our first experience. And I mean, is that where takeout coffee took off, or was it around before then? Oh, Not gosh. that you know a history. I of think takeout coffee, but it probably existed before that. But it that was like the big boom of like not specialty coffee. They call it like there's. <laughs> all these waves of coffee. So there's like first wave, second wave, third wave. We're apparently in the fourth wave now <laughs> um, oh. of like 
but I think Starbucks was kind of the uh, inception of that first like movement of coffee culture across the entire country mm-hmm. um, on like a really accessible. Co- and I don't even really know what people did before that. Like, was it just like you make your Folgers at home and it was like. Yeah, I don't think there you know? were like mm-hmm. coffee shops. I think Starbucks mm-hmm. really kind of invented that culture of. Like, there were like, you know, the. Diners. Diners. Yeah. yeah. And cafes and but and coffee was probably more cultural, like in Europe and stuff. But mm-hmm. Yeah, in America, it definitely started with Starbucks and then boomed. And then there was the pushback against like corporate, big corporate coffee and um, then small specialty shops kind of, I think, was probably like the second wave. There was the push into like supporting local coffee shops and really honing your craft and then all the coffee snobbery that came from that. So then there's your, (laughs) your like really, really high tier coffee shops that care about the quality and things like that. And all the other things that you can get into, there's so much, but yeah, I think it's the movement has come a long ways in a really short amount of time too. Just like yeah, our addiction to disposable cups has. (laughs) True. Yeah. Quickly going back to something that you said, I want to kind of Mm -hmm. touch on, you said a few minutes ago, obviously it's, you basically have like a little restaurant coffee yeah. shop. And so you produce, you do produce right. waste. Um, and it's pretty much impossible not to. Right. And then you said before, like remarking on your own journey of sustainable yeah. fashion blogger and how you like went all in and you're like, that doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> so I would just love to hear like if you, if, you know, because people, people find this. Are the, people are still figuring this out. We're all still figuring it out. It's constantly evolving. But mm-hmm. it's also funny when I, especially now that COVID's over and stuff, I'll like, I'll, you know, be talking to people out more and I'll hear just like, oh, have you heard about like how fashion's like bad? And oh I'm my like, gosh. oh my God. Yeah, it's just is funny. Still, like we don't <laughs> yes. know this yet. Oh my gosh. So my That's... question for you is like, what do you say to sort of someone who's coming to this new mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my gosh, they're like where you were in 2012, 2013, and 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 you say that doesn't work. I mean, you might not say that to them, but I guess my question, my this round, really roundabout way of asking you, <laughs> why do you say that doesn't work? And why is it impossible to have a zero-waste coffee shop? <sighs> First of all, zero, like the term zero-waste is so, I wish we could go back in time and like, not call it that because Mm -hmm. it's so misleading and it just sets people up for failure because you're, I I don't even remember. Do you remember the, there was the girl who like said she had kept all of her waste in like Mm -hmm. a a little mason jar. And I don't know if like it was her terminology or something, but there was the whole thing of like, you don't make any waste and all of your waste fits in this little mason jar. And that felt really attainable for some reason. Well, because you could see the and, pictures on Instagram. Yeah. So have you, and, but yeah, it was, on Instagram. <laughs> maybe she it. did do that. But yeah. oh my gosh, just the fact that people thought that that was possible. Like, clearly you don't have kids. Like, clearly, oh my gosh. But um, as far as coffee shop... <sighs> It like you, everything comes in packaging for one thing. Even our jars come in cardboard so that mm-hmm. 
I mean, you can recycle and we do recycle our boxes. We reuse them sometimes as like little cup holders because people, we don't have the traditional like, you know, coffee carriers if the people get several drinks. So mm-hmm. we just give them a box. Um, yeah. Our, everything comes in plastic. Everything comes uh, like for our tortillas, for our breakfast burritos, for everything, you know, this, there's always packaging and there's always excess, even if we make everything to order and we make everything in house, which we honestly do. Um, but there's just waste, like (laughs) you, there is no way around it. Um, and so I, whenever I get like questioned about calling it a zero waste shop, or I pretty much just try to say we align ourselves with the zero waste movement, which never claimed to, not make any waste at all. And I like pull up the definition. I have a little TikTok of like the definition of the zero waste movement, like on Google says it's like the effort of reducing waste and implementing systems to the ultimate unattainable goal being zero. It's like zero net or whatever. What what is that? Like zero net carbon, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we frame it as a goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's a, you know, we all love to get to zero waste. So yeah. that's what we call it. And, and I, then I feel the, like, like with the understanding would have been a better name yeah, for yeah, the it's movement. It's not, as, not there, as catchy. Yeah. Um, totally. <laughs> it's a whole, a whole continuum between all of your trash from one year in mm-hmm. a quart jar from there and it's all the way to being completely unconscious right and yeah, just everything, throwing everything between. away and as long as you're somewhere on that continuum and you're looking right. towards that then then yeah you're you're doing it and you're taking steps yeah yeah and then back quickly to the sustainable fashion thing like kind of where mm-hmm. are you now with that like cool. you're not a sustainable fashion influencer um, as being in the space, I'm sure yeah. as we are too, like there's a certain amount of like, j- it's, I feel very jaded about it now. <laughs> Same. Um, we, <laughs> I think and, most people do that were in it in that era, like yeah. most people that I've talked to. And oh in a lot gosh, of ways yeah. it's gotten like so much better too. Like the brands that are like really doing it are like, yep. are really doing it. And that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I just want to hear you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, I no longer call myself an influencer. I haven't worked. I do occasionally like do little brand partnerships or posts on Instagram or whatever. But yeah, jaded is a good way (laughs) to say it. Like it, I don't know. I just see people commenting, you know, I can't even think of a brand right now that's like a Veta capsule or like um, a Vare, just any of the ones that have like been around for a really long time. And people commenting like, why did my thing come in this biodegradable plastic thing? Or why, like, I don't know. Or they're explaining the pros and cons versus organic and conventional cotton, blah, blah, blah. And like, Mm -hmm. we're still having these conversations and like, people are still just discovering it. Like you said, like it's, Mm -hmm. people are still just coming in new. And I just, the cycle of it all is really exhausting to me of like, yeah. <laughs> I can't just keep explaining this one thing over and over. So I think we like take the community that I have that's still with me is kind of evolved along with me and mm-hmm. understand the nuance and the complexity of the like low waste, sustainable fashion, ethical fashion, which I think are also kind of two different camps. Like there's the people that are really concerned about like the human rights aspect of it. And then there's the people that are really concerned about the 
uh, eco-friendly and earth uh, aspect. Material, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The sourcing and the fabric content and all that. Um, I tried to always find like a middle ground and care about both of the things, but yeah, learning that I could not be perfect at it and that I also didn't have a budget for it and I was just literally going to live on like gifted clothing that none of my followers were going to be able to buy yeah. anyways and like save up for this $300 Christy Dawn dress. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I'm sick of like pushing towards an unattainable goal. So I have given myself tons of grace over the years, um, especially after having kids, like just you cannot, you can't have sustainable fashion for your kids unless you're only thrifting basically like it's so expensive um and or unless you are just independently wealthy and can afford to buy your kids new clothes every 10 seconds because they outgrow it and support Mm -hmm. these awesome brands um so giving myself lots of grace definitely do the occasional target run definitely um buy a lot of things on poshmark I shared about like a sample sale from this brand that I've been following for a really long time and have never been able to buy anything from them, nor have I partnered with them before. So I got to buy some things from them for like really cheap because I waited for a sale. So all those things, it's just like doing the best that you can in the given moment. Every situation is different, I feel like, and you have to take each, each decision and make the best one that you can in that moment financially and sustainability wise and yeah, everything. So that's, I think the, the most healthy way for me to approach mindful living and slow living in general, whether it's my business or my parenting or my closet or, you know, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) I I think that's always the case where uh, we have to give ourselves and each other um, and each other. Like, yeah. Keyword. Each keyword. Other, keyword. Each other. <laughs> the grace in the moment. I think what's important to what, you know, what, what we're all doing mm-hmm. in this space is to help people have the information right. so they understand the decisions they're making. And there's all kinds of decisions to make and all kinds of reasons. And mm-hmm. there's many circumstances as there are humans on the planet. And we cannot tell each one of those what they need to do. They, they, that's that's an individual decision. But we can give people the information so that they're aware as they're making those decisions. So yeah. anyway, that's what I feel good about. Like, you know, th- we, we want you to know this. And educating, yeah. Yeah, to y'all's point about, wow, you know, we're still encountering a lot of people that are just coming into this. And that's okay. You know, we have to understand that we're in somewhat of a bubble, Oh yeah, because um, so we talk about this stuff all the time, yeah. and and with people that have come along with us all these years. Um, a good friend of ours who's very involved in the sustainable fashion, slow fashion movement says, "I I just am so tired of explaining the journey of a T-shirt around the globe." Yeah, yeah. I, just I, can't, I can't. I just can't do it anymore. I can't talk about <laughs> can't how many gallons of water a T-shirt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But some people are hearing it for the first time and it's really pretty shocking yeah. and staggering. The information is so readily accessible now. I feel like like we were literally, com- like I feel like I had to dig a fair amount to find like reliable stats on like mm-hmm. where, how much whatever company throws into landfill or, you know, like there were, it's just a lot of misinformation was circling and people were getting called out for like sharing false statistics and things like that. But I feel like now 
there's documentaries and there's like established research companies that do this and share reliable information. And so like you, it's not hard to find information about how you can do better and things like that. I feel like we had to dig a lot harder yeah. back, back in the day. And it was, maybe that was what fueled our like all in mindset. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to make more balanced decisions now, maybe with, and maybe that just comes with like maturity and like not being a 21 year old mom. Like, so no, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably all of those things, honestly, just leading and then, to a more well-rounded lifestyle. I don't want to be the person that's always bearing bad news. <laughs> oh no. You know, like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that, it's embarrassing. The material, this, yeah. that cute thing that you're made Did out you of. Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is never going away. Right. Ever. So Did here, you know Here's that? a quick example <laughs> the of guilt that. tripping. That yeah. I, that's like, this is like real time we're living in. And maybe you have an input, Olivia. And I, mm-hmm. this is like my mom and I still need to talk about this. But. Oh no. So I'm getting married in May. Yay. And um, we, thank you. It's in this beautiful place in Virginia and um, it's like cabins and there's this little pavilion and um, we are, we are having the wedding dinner catered and the catering company shocker like doesn't compost. So I was like, okay, well I'll find a compost, you know, like we can figure it out. We can coordinate it. It's not hard. Um, it's proving to be very difficult. And mm. there's oh like gosh. not a compost company within driving distance like that will come. So like we would have to like carry it out ourselves and take it. And that's like a whole yep. thing. And um, so I was like kind of in the middle of researching that. And we go to the tasting. And my mom like asks something to the lady about composting. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, the look on her face, like, what are you even talking about? And my yeah. mom starts and she's like, you know, comp- and, like, and I was like, oh my God. Here and we so, go. Yeah. I can't help it. No, but it's you have like to. one of those things. And I, like, I was so uncomfortable because she, this lady doesn't know at all, like what we're talking about or like, yeah. she, it's not her job. She, that's not what she doesn't, you know, so oh I don't know. Gosh. And it might be a thing, mom. I mean, and everyone's hearing it. I'm good. I know. And I might not be able to compost at my wedding dinner. Let me say to the world, I'm so proud of you for (laughs) trying and digging around and making it a priority and you're doing the best you can. And I will, I will help you with this. And yeah, you're right. The the bottom line might be that we can't do anything about this. And that's exactly what we're talking about, you know, giving ourselves grace. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a big one, you know, you know, this is, this is where we would really like to assert our our values, and you know we would we would be educating people around us as what the issues are and why 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 we even care anyway. Yeah, but um, and we're going to do our best, and it may or may not happen. So there you go. Well, folks. Yeah. Oh God, it's so hard in those situations. <laughs> it's like pick your battles, you know. Like yeah, you yeah. Have to. I mean, I'm sure every little decision you're analyzing. And to your point, Olivia, about decisions and things like planning a wedding, I'm basically doing it all. And so- Yeah, like, you. I mean- Yeah, even if composting is top priority, like there's still so many things to make decisions about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to make the decisions. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my gosh. And sometimes just the inconvenience of being sustainable or trying to be sustainable or like making sustainable decisions is a lot. Like we, I- um we live in a really rural area up here and there is one recycling center that is open Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Um, and so we have to like gather up all of our recycling from both shops and I like haul it in my little car and most weeks I can't get to it. So um, it's like weeks and weeks and weeks of recycling that I have to take like monthly. Like it's, it's not convenient to do that, but it's like you, you pick what things you can do and yeah. So, I mean, you can outsource some things. I could hire somebody to come do it, but yeah, I mean budget yeah. like you're talking about it's like you can't <laughs> pick your battles are you familiar with TerraCycle? yeah yeah they have the big you know the big box mm-hmm. you can get that and they'll recycle like literally anything with you know giving very few exceptions mm-hmm. it is expensive um, but maybe it is for your but business, for a business it might be i don't know i was oh, I never thinking thought of that for a business yeah, like if you, oh, it's mostly business, you can, yeah, it's mostly business. And, we interviewed them on oh, here, cool. and um, I want I want them to be more accessible to mm-hmm. residencies, but it's 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 pretty expensive for yeah you know private person to buy one of those boxes. But I was thinking, like in a coffee shop situation, you could have a jar there, and people could just plunk a couple of bucks in there or something, right? Um, oh, yeah, and, and it's kind of like they would help fund it basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you get all that packaging. And then and people stuff can and... bring their stuff like from home yeah. that they oh, yeah. can't do like get rid of. And they like you can have like old makeup mm-hmm. container. Like because it's like by yeah categories, right? Yeah. Like you get you get the recycling container for this specific oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. And then you can have the all in one box yeah. too. Yeah. That's a and, really good idea. Yeah. I've tried, I really want to get creative with I mean this is really specific but for like our jars I want to have little drop boxes like across our county basically because our my two shops are in two different towns and there's like a bus that goes between so I was I want to have like little return boxes at all the bus stops in town yeah like library drop book yeah exactly (laughs) Um, and then we just go collect those and it would just make it so much easier for people who are visiting because Maybe they are just coming in that one time and now they have this jar that mm-hmm. they don't know what to yeah. do with. Um, so if I had those and just maybe we had like QR codes that like showed all the drop-off locations or whatever. I don't know. I have all these ideas and no time to implement yeah. them. <laughs> but um, I think things like that would make it way more accessible to people. Well, that's exciting. That's where the fun like creative problem solving comes yeah. in. And yeah. that's really cool. I want to um, switch gears just a little bit and ask you about your experience living tiny. Didn't you live in a tiny home? Oh, or was it an boy, RV we did. With kids, tell us about uh, that. <laughs> it, we lived in an RV, uh, a really big RV, for two years almost. That wow. was a crazy thing that we did. Um, and at the time, we just had two kids, just two. Um, <laughs> just two. And I was pregnant with our third. And it was a decision motivated mainly out of necessity. Like we live in a very expensive place to live. Um, and Colorado in general is not cheap, but we felt like we needed to do something kind of crazy to get out of debt and save up money to buy a house and then save up for this like crazy business that I wanted to open. And tiny living was kind of like trendy at the moment. So I was like following all these people. I was like, this mom does it with three kids and these people are doing it. And mm-hmm. look how cute this RV is. And so we did that. And it was um, it was not easy. We it, it sounds insane, actually, when I say it, because we live in a really, really cold place. 
if we were anywhere else in the country that with like a more moderate climate, it would have been awesome and super fun. But um, I mean, it literally gets like negative twenties, negative thirty Fahrenheit. Oh my god! And in the winter, it's just really, 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 really cold. Um, summers are amazing because it's not too hot. But um, so we had to um, obviously like insulate really well underneath the camper, and it stayed really warm. We never were cold ever. Um, but it just is not a convenient living situation, especially when it comes to like plumbing and having non-frozen water. So we had to get oh really creative. And my poor husband did all of the dirty work for that because I'm like nine months pregnant. Yeah. Not the whole time, but yeah, I was pregnant with our third and we're like working on planning the coffee shop and all these things. So it was, it was kind of a chaotic time in life, but it was really sweet. And the it taught us a lot about actual minimalism, not just the trendy like phase that I had three or four years before that. Um, yeah, because you learn just, what you actually need. Yeah, we literally could not have more than like five spices <laughs> or like yeah. you have like five cups for everybody and we have to reuse those like we and a literal capsule wardrobe because we had really, really limited storage and couldn't have anybody over. That was the weirdest part. It was like, we literally can't fit more people in here because wow. we have five people, four people already in here and our one doc. So yeah, it was an adventure. I definitely would, like, I don't regret doing it at all. It was really sweet. Learned lots of lessons and didn't drive each other crazy. So that was good. <laughs> and then you built the house that you're currently in, right? No, um, I wish that would have been awesome. That's a goal. Okay. Next, hopefully we want to buy land and build a house. My dad is a builder and AJ has lots of construction experience, my husband. Okay. So that's our next, hopefully, goal. But we bought our house um, in 2020. So Nice. Which, and now it's like a four-bedroom house. So going from that <laughs> tiny camper to, oh my gosh, all this space was like culture shock. But we adapted really quickly and it's just a disaster in here now. So we have way too much stuff. <laughs> I know that happens. You have the yeah. stuff to, you get the stuff to fill your space. Yeah. I'm like, where did this all come from? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, you know, there's this concept in medieval art. Mm -hmm. You probably took art history 101 in college. I did. <laughs> and you, I'm sure you learned about horror vacui. Mm -hmm. uh, like humans, like they just want to fill empty space. Yeah. And so like the, the medieval paintings were mm. just, there was stuff all over the place. So I, I, I think we do that in our own, our, our own environment. So yeah. it's, yeah, empty space is scary. DNA. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, we have, it's awkward. Like, yeah, I feel like you have to fill it in even like a medical, metaphorical sense yeah and like psychologically time. yeah we like to fill yeah. our time we like to fill, mm -hmm. yeah, fill our thoughts conversations yeah Ooh. so i'm <laughs> talking about we're talking about this coming up this slow living challenge i'll just go oh, yeah. right there that we, we're doing one of one of the themes um for one of the weeks is time and mm -mm. you know we talk about how no matter how much time you have it it's never seems like enough right you know and if say you could have you know, eight more hours in a day, it, you you would still fill it up. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just something to understand about our human nature, I think. And yeah, it's something that probably ties into a very early, like some, some kind of survival. Yeah, thing. probably is, know. yeah. On a, a yeah. human, <laughs> really hu evolution. raw human, yeah, evolutionary yeah. <laughs> sense. We right. have to, 
we just have a really hard time just like being and sitting and not feeling yes not mm-hmm. feeling I don't I wonder if um that it probably ties into capitalism and um I've just realized how intertwined all these things are like the yes because other cultures have a much easier time with just being still and sitting mm-hmm. and I think it's just western society is in general we feel like we have to be going 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 and yeah doing 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 yeah which also feeds into fast fashion and you know consumerism and all these things so it's all it's all related so on that note exactly what what does slow living mean to you now currently in your current form because you Mm. probably the fact of the matter is you probably don't have a lot of chances to slow down a lot. <laughs> no. what it, how do you, what does it mean to you now and how are you able to access it, if at all? Oh, yeah, life does not feel slow right now. And it, I feel, I feel silly even like calling myself a slow living advocate sometimes because my, like life is probably the busiest that it's ever been right now. Like my two older kids are in public school full time. We have like after school activities and my youngest is three and that age is not slow and two businesses and a full team of employees and my husband works full-time outside of that and so it's just it's a lot so I think how to live slow when your life isn't slow is something I'm always thinking through and trying to find the solution to Mm -hmm. um saying no to literally everything else is kind of what I have to do at this point. Like I cannot like do extra things right now. You have to just pare down to the bare essentials and the things that actually bring you joy and feel your purpose. And then everything else is a no, um, which I learned that I'm learning the hard way because we have our, my two older girls are like playing basketball and doing ballet right now. And um, I want them to be able to find their passions and find things that they love, but also I don't want to teach them to be overcommitted. So we're going to, we're going to like be very choosy about what activities they do and things like Mm -hmm. that, because I mean, it obviously just falls on me (laughs) and AJ doing like, we're just the person that has to bust them around. So um, saying no is my biggest and only tip. I think is like, you have to be very intentional with where you spend your time and then how you structure your days. So like Mondays, I'm usually off from the coffee shop. And so I spend those days doing like my admin and, and scheduling work and nitty gritty, like payroll and accounting stuff and meetings like this um, on Fridays, cause I'm off on Fridays too. Um, so, and then coffee shop days, I just have to spend prepping and um, obviously working and interacting with customers and stuff like that. But I try to prep for the rest of the week and set my baristas up well. And then when I'm not at the coffee shop, I'm not at the coffee shop. And so it's, yeah, it's a lot of like juggling your roles and knowing which one to focus on in the moment. And I don't think I will ever perfect it, but it's definitely has evolved a lot over the years. I think something that you said that's really key is even at this busiest time in your life um, to still be, conscious of what brings you joy. Yeah. And what what feels like that is on purpose, on your purpose. Yeah. Um and I think that's that's huge because, you know, I think it's it's tempting to be taken over by things that 
you're expected to do or that you think other people think you should do yeah. and, not, and not really touching into that, you know, what sparks within yourself and what brings you a, a sense of, of, of well-being and presence and all of that. And then there's a big difference in all of that. And, you know, I remember when my kids were that age and there's so much pressure to, um, like you're talking about the activities and school and, um, you, you know, we want you to you know, come to the classroom and do this. And, um, you know, the, the basketball team needs, uh, needs a, you know, someone to schedule the snacks and stuff like that. PTO mom. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And all that stuff is, wow, you really have to be discerning about that stuff because it will eat you alive. It's tempting. And even with, even as a single person or even like anybody has to deal with those things. It's not just like, busy moms or whatever, or business owners, you know, like, yeah, right. And even students, I think about my brothers finishing college, like just any, anybody who has a lot on their plate, like you have to continually check that with like, is what I'm doing actually aligned with my mm-hmm. values and fueling my joy. You really have to find joy in how you choose to spend your time. Cause this is your one life. And if you're not so key, <laughs> So on that note, if you did have an entire day to yourself to do whatever you wanted, where would you go and what would you do? I saw that question. I li- like I literally, I was like, I would just stay home <laughs> if I had the choice. Yeah, I would kick everybody out of the house and I would just stay in my house and then I wouldn't clean it and I wouldn't do anything. I would just like, Love. or it would magically already be clean. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just like enjoy house without anybody in but if I had to leave the house uh, um this is also really dumb I would probably just like coffee shop hop by myself and Aww. go to like other coffee shops that are not mine and this is what I used to do like in college and like anytime I was by myself ever I would just be like find a new coffee shop and go just like sit in it and like soak up the conversations around me and bring a book and not have to like cater to anybody else. I'd also probably get a massage, <laughs> go like eat some really good food that I don't have to yeah, share. No, that- yeah, my, <laughs> it's nothing, yes. nothing extravagant. I just, I love, I think naturally I just crave like slow, simple, easygoing days. And when my, my, the actuality is that my real life is not that most of the time. And so when I get the chance to to slow down my introverted self kicks in and I just like cozy up and probably not leave the house. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that means that you're mostly, even though it's really busy, you're mostly doing everything in alignment with your joy because if your like ideal is to be like, well, I would just do what I'm doing just without all the distraction. (laughs) Just without my kids (laughs) and the loudness. Yeah. Yeah. Which feels good to say. I don't, I think... I don't often slow down enough to like really reflect on like how much art, like my own value set has changed over the years and how far the coffee shops have come and stuff. And so when I get those moments to just slow down and be, it's, yeah, it's good to know that you can just like rest in what you're doing and feel validated in it. Yeah. I hope every, I hope you guys can too. Yeah. I love how you would go to coffee shops. <laughs> That's so perfect. It's, that's what you do. Ironically, I <laughs> yeah. did just um, fall in love with the culture. Yeah. You, you did. You said that you said that early on mm-hmm. and um and and I was going to 
go back to that and ask just very briefly, like, yeah. um, you know, the, there's the coffee culture that you just described. You, you go sit somewhere and, mm-hmm. and you might have something really good to eat and you can read or talk to people. And then there's the culture that we also talked about, the, yeah. uh, you know, grab and go um, culture. So I just wanted to make that distinction because I think the the former, the one you're you're following and that led you to do what you're doing now, mm-hmm. is is something that's you know whether or not they were called coffee shops. That's something that's been around a long time. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Gathering and it's the third and, space concept you know. where we need third spaces in our communities. Mm-hmm. It's like not home, not work. We need third spaces. Mm. A third, com- a safe, a safe space. Yeah. yeah that that's. We've probably, as people, always had that. I was like, whether it's like a pub in, and you're like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and meeting. Yeah. <laughs> they had their little like writers group or whatever. Yeah. Or um, like your or, church group or something. Whatever. Yeah. We need we need those safe spaces. And yeah, I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> topic yeah. of like. Yeah. We I have kind of I grew up in the church, and so those like safe spaces were very comforting to me and like as an adult I've distanced myself a little bit and so I think I was craving something along those lines and like a safe meeting place for people that anybody could come to you know like it it didn't have to be affiliated with anything else um yeah that's a really beautiful way of putting it I love that yeah, that is a whole nother conversation. Maybe we'll have that someday. We can, I would love to talk about that. I can go on and on. There's, I mean, there's a lot, it's a real thing. There's a lot of like writing and studying about it. The third space. Third yeah, place. Oh, that's, I love that. Well, right here on the Good Dirt podcast, learning stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Um, what does the good dirt mean to you? To me? Are you asking, <laughs> yeah. like, are you asking your mom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> To me, it means a whole bunch of podcast <laughs> recordings. Yeah, I know. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> like as a concept? Yeah, just like the yeah. good dirt. It's just like, it's like a funsies one. Don't, it's fine. Don't yeah, just it whatever it means to you poetically. <laughs> you're a writer. I think it means, oh my gosh, the nitty gritty of your values to be like when I, whenever I listen to your podcast or have promoted your challenges and things like that in the past in your book, which I still have, is the nitty gritty of working out your values that don't always align with the reality of where you live. And I just think of like, that's when the good dirt happens is when you're like Mm. wading through these like really hard questions that don't always have good answers, but then you find, uh, you sift, I'm picturing like a sieve of like, you have to let all the other, the bad dirt Mm -hmm. fall through or the things that you can't handle right now, or you don't have a good answer to, or maybe you just like have to make this waste and you can't eliminate that. Or, and then you hold on to the good dirt and you, these are your little gems that you're doing this one thing, right? So maybe my jars are my good dirt, or maybe my, whatever values I'm instilling in my kids is my good dirt. So I have no idea if oh, that I made love sense. That. I just That's like so rambled great. on <laughs> as the metaphor came to me. That's really I awesome. I love it. Too. Not too deep. And <laughs> we dig deep yeah. here on no, the good so, dirt. Good. I love it. You do. We, we do dig. Uh, we yeah, and I want to say that that's so awesome. And um, when I, I reflect on my own life, that I know that 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 stage that you're in now um, is really an intense time for for sifting out the good dirt. And but it's very formative. It's very formative for you for you know the decades to come. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. the things that you're going to have opportunity to do as your your children grow up. Like you know, my children are all grown now, and 
and you know, I had burning passion for these things in my younger years too, but this, this circumstances just always don't allow for you to do stuff, but you you sift out the good dirt and it's it's still there for you when when you do have time. So so yay, yay for you. And look at you guys now you're it's a mother daughter podcast like this. It's so inspiring it's, to yeah, me. I would it's love so fun. To, I love when mother daughter duos, trios in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where can people find you and follow you? Um, I am live underscore underscore youngs um, with an S Y O U N G S. People always leave the S out um, on Instagram. That's like my personal page on both on Instagram and TikTok. And then the coffee shop is, which I have not even said the name of our coffee shop this whole time. I don't think a simple coffee company, not surprisingly named. And it's Simple Coffee Company on, or Simple Coffee Co. on Instagram. And our websites and stuff are named the same thing if anybody wants to follow along. I am an open book and I share lots about our our slow living journey on my personal page and then lots about our jars and stuff on TikTok and Instagram. So that's a fun time. We're like an hour and a half west of Denver. So in a ski town called Winter Park. The towns that we're in are Granby and Fraser, but it's Winter Park adjacent. So that's like the big attraction. So any skiers, there's lots of summertime fun too. So come visit and say hi. Yeah, really fun to talk to you. And I'm so excited to continue to be connected. Yeah, um, full circle moment. I love it. Yeah, totally. I know it's like a lot for you to give a whole hour and a half almost, but we really appreciate <laughs> that's it. That's okay. We could go longer. I wish we could just keep talking and talking all I the know. things. But we'll have to come and have coffee with you. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that so much. That'd be great. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in the link in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer with original music composed and performed by John Kingsley. Our technical partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Alex Brower and Jose Miguel Baez. Coordinated by Gabriela Montequim. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt.